morning. Good morning, Table Community Church. Good morning. Ah, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Amazing. Um, man, like Melissa said, we're going to have a great morning today. We're going to baptize so many students. Um, and so I'll do my, my part to get out of the way so we can baptize those kids. Um, man, this morning, I, a couple of things. I have a couple of things for you. Right. I want to thank a couple people real quick. Um, I want to thank Melissa and Dr. Bill for allowing me um, just to do this, uh, to have this opportunity. Um, man, like they've discipled me well this last couple of years. Um, I'm the youngest person on staff, so I ask a lot of questions. I don't know a lot, um, but they have so much grace uh, with me. And then also two more people, um, Wayne um, and Ben Dishman. Like when I was in eighth grade, uh, Ben invited me to church for the first time uh, as a student. And he legitimately from that time, I was in eighth grade to the time I graduated, um, was there for me all of the time. And he bought me so much food so many gummy bears, it was a great time. And then when I graduated, um, I was at that church still, um, and I heard about the table through, um, through a friend that knew Wayne. And as I was telling that person that I was gonna start coming to church here, um, these words were what she said to me. Um, I thought that she was just gonna tell me, you know what, like don't, don't change churches yet, it's not that time. And this is exactly what she told me. I said, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move churches, I'm gonna go to the table. And she said, hey, like, you need to go there. Wayne is exactly what you need in this moment in your life. And that was when I was about 21, 22 years old. And I'm 25, and he discipled me the last three or four years. Um, and he did an amazing job. I don't know if he's watching. If you are watching, it was good. But, like, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much um, for all the hard work that you put in um, to put up with me. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Um, but today we're going to continue in our series called Summer Mixtape. Um, I'm going to pray, and then we'll get right into it. King Jesus, thank you for you. Um, and thank you for the opportunity to love your people and to speak to your people. Lord, thank you for this moment. Oh, that I would move out of the way and that you would speak. That you'd be clear in what you want me to say to these people and that um, anything that is not of you would not be um, spoken or that would be forgotten quickly. And that I pray. Amen. Cool. So who remembers their first best friend ever? Raise, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. So I remember my first best friend. This guy, this guy named Emilio. And I remember him. It was a great time. And we loved wrestling and we watched sports together. And it was a great time. I was like, man, this guy's great. And then he moved away. And then I got other best friends throughout the way, right? But I was like, nothing really compares to my first best friend. Like, Emilio was really, really there for me. And then, for some of you guys, that might not be the case. Who remembers their first car? Maybe it was a hoopty. I, I don't know. Sad day for some of you guys. But if you remember your first car... You're like, man, the memories that I made in there. Maybe I got an accident there. Maybe I asked a girl out in there. Maybe the guy asked me out in there. But just so many memories. And then you, you crashed her or whatever it may be. And you got the second one. You're like, nothing really is quite like that first one, right? Nothing really compares to the one that I had before. And then for some of you, you might be like, you know what? 
I had none of that. Some of you guys are parents. Who remembers your first kid? Your first this guy what? Hold on, hold on. This guy what? Anyways, but if you remember having your first kid, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what's going on, so I've heard, right? And then you get to the second one, and you're like, all right, bet, cool. Like, this is a lot easier. But you're just like, ah, nothing really compares to not knowing what you're doing with that first child. Nothing really compares to being a parent for the very first time and seeing your child, and you're just like, this is what it's like. Nothing really, really compares. And so I start there today because I want us to know that nothing ever compares to God. There is nothing that compares to him. And so today, we're going to start in Mark chapter 12. If you flip your Bibles, if you don't know where it is, it's okay, because we can use our table of contents. Amazing. It's a great time. And so we'll begin in verse 28. And this is the reading of God's word. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, seeing that he answered them well and asked him, which commandment is the most important to all of all Jesus answered the most important is hero Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and with your strength the second is this you shall love your neighbor as yourself there is no other commandment greater than these nothing else compares to God the greatest commandment Jesus tells us, is to love your God with all of your being. That is it. And so for me, as I was studying this, I was just like, okay, like, hold on. God is the creator of the universe. He is over all things. He could have anything that he wants. He could have anything from us. He can command anything from us. And what does he want? Love. That's what he wants from us. Love. And for me, it just didn't even make sense. I was like, wait, wait, wait. You want love from us, just love. And again, going back to the parents in this room, I would not know I'm not married, sad day, but it's okay. <laughs> for those of you guys that are parents, there's nothing that compares to the love of your child. There is nothing better than your child to just love you more than all the accomplishments, more than all the gifts that they can give you, more than their successes, more than anything in the world, the best thing for them to give you is just love. That is it. When you hold them in your hands and you look at them, you're like, I just want you to know that you are loved and for you to love me. That's it. Like this child could do nothing else for you, but if it loves you, that's good enough. That is good enough for you. And I see our God is the same way. We could do nothing for him, not a thing. And yet, what does he command us to do? Love. That's what he wants from us, our perfect father. And so we were at, we were at camp, and I had ninth and 10th grade boys. And I was talking to them. I was like, yo, guys, like, what do y'all think of the character of God is? Like, who do you think God is, really? And they said a couple of different things, and it startled me a little bit. I was like, oh, my, I'm doing a bad job. But it's great. <laughs> and so a couple of them said, they're like, you know what? Maybe my idea of God is tainted because of how the world views him, because of how the world has been telling me who he is. 
And I'm like, okay, who, who is he to you? They're like, is he like a genie in a bottle where like, I just pray to him sometimes and like, he just appears and he's like, all right, bet, what's your wish? Nah, I said, no, 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 that's not, that's not it. Some of them were like, okay, what if he's like an angry man in the sky that's just like waiting to strike us down with lightning? And I'm like, that's not, that's not my God. And then they were like, okay, but what if he's just a God that sits up there and he says that he's going to be there, but he just neglects us in our time of need? And again, I was like, that's not my God. And so maybe you're like me. When I was a kid, I was like, okay, God, who are you really? And I thought he was just an angry man in the sky just waiting for me to sin. Just, okay, Ronaldo, when are you going to sin? Let's go. Just waiting there so he can ship me off and just have me go to hell. Like, that's, that's who I really, really thought he was. But then, then I learned his real character. Because why does God want love from us? Because he is love. That's who he is. In his essence, he is love. What more could he want from us than exactly who he is? He's just love. But that's not all he is. Have you ever tried to be all things to all people? You try to stretch yourself out. You're like, Mrs. Incredible, it's sad that you just stretched out like this. You cannot be all things to all people. But there is one who can. And they call him love. They call him God. They call him Elohim. Some call him Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. Others call him Jehovah Ra'ah, the Lord my shepherd. Others may call him Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. They may know him as the God that heals. Other people may call him Jehovah Shammah, the Lord that is there. Or Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. Other people may see him as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that will provide time and time and time again. To other people, he may be Jehovah Shalom, the Lord that is peace. Or to some, he may be Jehovah Sabbat, the Lord of hosts, the almighty God, the God over every other God, the name above every other name. That is who he is. And so if you were like me, like a kid, when I was a kid, that you thought he was this, that, and the other, and it was not what it says here, and I want you to get that image out of your head. Know that he is a God, he is a father to all, that he is a good God, he gives good gifts, that loves his children, but he is all things to all people. That is who he is. He is love. That's who my God is. I don't know about you if you believe in another God, sad day, but I believe in my God, and he is love. Right, you remember when um, Jesus was baptized? He got baptized and he came out of the water. You know where I'm going with this. Uh-huh. He got out of the water, and the heavens opened up. And what did God say? This is my son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus didn't even do anything. He just got baptized, came out the water. But still God said, this is who I am well pleased. So, brothers and sisters, today, if you hear nothing else, 
hear that God is pleased with you. He delights in you. Why? Because you are made in the imago Dei, in the image of God. He is the one that created you. You can do nothing to make him love you more. You can do nothing to make you love you less. He delights in you. He is the one that created you. He gives you your worth, your value. It's him. It is him. Why? Because he is love. Nothing compares to God. If you would turn your Bibles to John chapter 16, verses 7 through 8. Nothing compares to the Holy Spirit. Now, last week, Wayne talked about the Holy Spirit. So if you want the whole big shebang on what the Holy Spirit is, go to our YouTube page. I ain't got time today. I'm very sorry. But starting in verse 7, this is the reading of God's word. Amen. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. For if I did not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Nothing compares to the Holy Spirit. So Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as an advocate, a helper, a counselor, our comfort, those are the different translations, right? Another helper. And so for the Holy Spirit, what does he do in those times that we need him? He helps us. That's who the Holy Spirit is. And so I had a kid at camp, and I was having a conversation with him, just trying to understand where he was in his faith journey and everything. And he was just like, man, like, you know what, like, I can't say yes to Jesus anymore. I just can't say yes to Jesus yet. I'm just like, okay, like, but why? And he's like, well, I think I'm going to just keep messing up and messing up and messing up, and then God's not going to want to be with me, or he's not going to want anything to do with me, or he's not going to be there for me anymore. And I'll go, two things. Number one, yes, you're going to keep messing up, I promise. It's, it's you. It's not him, it's you. <laughs> but you're going to keep messing up. But number two, why would he ever leave you? Why would he ever forsake you? When has he ever forsaken you? It's not because he, he did. Maybe you just felt that way. But when you say yes to Jesus, something happens, and now you receive the Holy Spirit that what dwells inside of you. And so even if I told him, even if you leave the house, he's going to be there with you. You can't just take him off like, nah, nah, nah. He's going to be there with you. If you go to school, he's going to be there with you. Wherever you go, he's going to be there with you. And so why would he be there just in the good times and not in the bad? In those times of need, he's going to be there with you. He's a comforter. That's who he is. He's a helper. That's who he is. He's a counselor. That's who he is. He is our counselor. And so we have two people here on staff that are on counseling staff, Kelly and Lisa. And I know that they're always willing to have conversations and stuff like that and talk to us. Some of us here go to counseling because it's a great time. You should go if you don't go. Shameless plug, right? And I, sometimes when I was writing this, I was like, man, like, what if I was going through life 
and I was stagnant. That's my niece. It's a great time. And I was stagnant. I was getting smacked in the face by life. And I was aimless. And I was depressed. And I was hurt. And I knew that I had Lisa and Kelly available to me. And I did nothing. How foolish would that be? How foolish would that be? To not go get help when I know who can help me. To not go seek comfort from the people that I know could comfort me. To not go receive counseling when I know counseling is readily available to me. How foolish would that be? And I'm not going to look at nobody. Just you do this all the time, right? I'm not going to look at nobody, so nobody don't get angry at me when I'm about to say this. Some of us have walked in here today and we do that. You are at the worst point in your life. You are getting smacked in the face by life right now. You've walked in here depressed, sad, hurt, angry, bitter. And you say you believe in Jesus. So you have the Holy Spirit. You have a counselor. And yet you do nothing. And yet you have still yet to reach out to him. And you tell everybody you're fine and everything is okay. And you're masking it. Amen. And we walk in here and we act like everything is fine, yet it's not. And you do nothing. The Holy Spirit is inviting us to dwell with him, to, to commune with him. We need to get, and Wayne said this last week, we need to be desperate to be in a relationship with him. You don't have to wait till you get to a point where, man, I'm at rock bottom to go talk to him. You don't have to get there. But some of us are, and I'm saying to you right now, whoever this is, don't wait. Go talk to him. Man, Holy Spirit, I have no idea what I'm doing. I got myself in this mess. Please comfort me. Holy Spirit, I need help. Be my helper. Holy Spirit, I'm going through this war. I feel attacked. I need an advocate. That's what I need. Just humble yourselves and come before the Holy Spirit. Because nothing compares to the Holy Spirit. He's here to guide us, to walk with us, and to be our shelter. He's present to remind us of God's goodness, to comfort us, to convict us, to point us to Scripture. He's not to be neglected, but to be sought after and enjoyed, to be in community with. Nothing compares to the Holy Spirit. Last point, Jesus. Oh, man, that's my favorite one. I'm not going to hold y'all. If you would turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 8. This is the reading of God's word. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more 
now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? Nothing compares to Jesus. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we are his enemies, he loved us, he died for us. And I was thinking to myself, what, what kind of love is this that sees his enemies and says, you know what, I'm going to die for you? What kind of love is this that sees people and knows that people are going to spit on him and mock him and scorn him and whip him and say, you know what, I'm going to still do it. I'm going to still die for you. I'm going to still love you. It is only the love of Jesus. Only the love of Jesus. Because I don't know about you guys, me, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. But he's there. Even in the Old Testament, you see prophecies about the one who is to come. You see prophecies about the Savior of the world, about the Messiah, the one that is to come. Because they know it. Ain't nobody else going to do it. It's only Jesus. It is only Jesus. And so he's here to free you from the bondage of your sin. He's the only one that can save us. He's the only one that can save you and I who are drowning in sin. Speaking of drowning, okay, got a story for you guys. Great time. When I was a kid, I was a little, little bit younger. We went swimming. It was a great time. I couldn't swim. And we were there, and we had some friends there. Some people were older. And I was just sitting. I was over there by the stairs. It was a cool time. It was a great time. Everybody was swimming, playing football. I was like, yeah. And then everybody decided to move to the middle of the pool. And I'm like, oh, I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> and so, sad. And so I looked, and I was like, you know what? Maybe this whole swimming thing is not so hard. Surely I can do it. And that was the beginning of my struggle with pride, but that's another story <laughs> at another time. And so what I did, I went to the ledge, and I was walking, and I was like, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. And I was like, I got to jump, I got to jump, I got to jump. I was like, I got to play with everybody, I got to play with my friends. And so I jumped, and what happened? I started drowning, Sam. <laughs> and so, me, I was jumping up and down, and I was trying to grab on to literally anything that I thought could help, anything that I thought could get me out of the situation of drowning. I was just grabbing onto stuff. I remember I saw somebody's arm. I said, ah, right here. They said, no. I said, ah. <laughs> and then I, I jumped up. I saw a football. I said, cool, bet, cool. Let me do this. And it went out under me. I said, that didn't work. Uh, you've been there too, man. Didn't work. I had grabbed onto somebody's shorts, paused. It didn't even work. I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> that really didn't work. Bad idea. And then out of nowhere, somebody, I have no idea who this person is to this day. If, you, if you're watching, thank you. Appreciate you. They put their hand down in the water as I was coming up, and they put their hand there, and they grabbed onto me, and I grabbed onto them. And he pulled me out, and I was free. And I was like, I couldn't free myself. There was no way for me to save myself. 
had to have somebody else come in there, grab me, and take me out of there. Again, I'm not going to look at nobody. Please don't get upset at me. Some of us in here are drowning, not in water, but in sin. Some of us came in here drowning. And what you have done day in and day out, you have woken up and you said, I'm going to grab onto this alcohol. It's not working. You're grabbing onto this relationship trying to, trying to save you. It's not working. You're grabbing onto success and monetary things and things that are just going to fade away. It's not working. You are grabbing on to anything that you think can save you. Anything that you think will take you out of your situation of drowning and it's just not working. But saints, I'm here to tell you today, I know the one that can save you. There is only one that can save you from drowning. Only one. You can't save yourself. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus says in John 14 that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That nobody gets to the Father except through me. He's the one. So why do we continue to grab onto things that we think are going to save us? I don't know. But today you can stop. Today we have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus and be like, you know what? I can't save myself. I cannot save myself. I'm drowning. I'm in bondage of sin. I need somebody to free me. And when you recognize that we, we could do nothing, Jesus accomplished everything. When you recognize that, that it's not about you, that it's about him, man, you'll be free. You will be free. And the band could um, go ahead and come back up, but the one who's coming to set you free, he's the one that came down, who lived a perfect life, who was beaten and mocked and scorned and spat on and whipped and said that his face was unrecognizable after everything that happened to him. And he carried the cross, and then on Calvary, they put him up on that cross, and he died for you and me. But there's good news. That three days later, he rose again and defeated sin and death so that me and you can have a relationship with him and enjoy life to the full starting now, but it will last forever and ever and ever and ever. We're going to baptize some students today. And they, they found that that truth was real. They found that there is life change, that there is abundant life in Jesus Christ, and that's it. And so Melissa's going to break us into that.
I'm going to pray, and then we'll get right into that.